this week's Tech Law 10. I'm Jonathan Armstrong at Cordry over here in the UK, and I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris on the west coast of the US. And we look at tech law issues, if you've not listened uh, to us before, uh, in a fairly random manner for about 10 minutes each time. And this week, in a purely professional capacity, Eric, you've spent much of the week looking at porn. <laughs> okay, now I've got to reorient this after that particular introduction. First of all, I'll note that this is our podcast number 137 and going strong. And yes, I'm on the west and what we call the best coast of the United States. Um, I've been reading articles about adult content. I actually have not been reviewing porn this week, but sometimes we have to do that in our professional capacities. It's a dirty job and somebody has to do it. Um, but this week's subject has to do with the FTC, our Federal Trade Commission's efforts uh, in attempting to thwart what we call revenge porn. So as you know, Jonathan, the Internet provides many uh, obvious advantages to people in this digital age. But it can also enable a certain dark side for those people intent on mischievous and criminal online behavior. Uh, and revenge porn is part of that dark side. So first of all, you know, Jonathan, what is revenge porn? And it usually consists of a nude photograph or video which is shared publicly online, most frequently by an ex-lover of the nude subject unfortunately for the purpose of spiteful humiliation. And the nude photograph or video uh, generally is recorded previously when the couple was in a positive relationship and then later is shown to the world on the Internet after the relationship has crumbled, most often uh, by the male posting nude content of his female ex. So, we have what we call these revenge porn sites, but we also have revenge porn, what I would call ransom websites. Specifically, such a website posts nude photos and videos provided by ex-lovers of their former lovers, and then offers to take down the content if paid a certain amount of money. And the Federal Trade Commission has recently been seeking to root out these types of revenge porn ransom websites. And there's a recent example. Uh, the FTC has taken action against one Craig Britton who operated a website from 2011 to 2013 that displayed nude photos of women while at the same time he operated another website, Jonathan, that enabled those women to pay between $200 and $500 to have those photos removed. Uh, Britton's site allegedly sought uh, nude photos of women and their contact information, and he also allegedly created a bounty scheme that offered financial incentives to provide nude photos of women and their contact information to him. Uh, Britain allegedly received no nude photos, Jonathan, of more than 1,000 women as a wow. result of this scheme. So, not surprisingly, the Federal Trade Commission went after him, and it was able to achieve a settlement. And as part of that settlement, Britain must destroy all nude images he obtained, and he is banned from sharing similar nude photos in the future. So essentially, Jonathan, Britain is out of the revenge porn and revenge porn um, ransom business forever. Is that good enough? 
one must ask. Well, Britain was not forced to pay any fines, and my understanding is because um, this is the first time there's been any enforcement action against him. Um, and of course, it's a good thing that he himself will no longer be engaged in these activities, and the FTC has made an example of him to hopefully prevent revenge porn by others, Jonathan, going forward. Uh, mm. but my question is this to you, and maybe you'll have some thoughts on this. Is simply stopping him from further revenge porn ransom activities without any other penalty enough to get the job done as a deterrent? You know, hopefully others will want to stay clear of the FTC in this area. But on the other hand, uh, if the worst case in their view, if they simply will be forced by the FTC to stop, that might be not enough to deter their revenge porn behavior, unfortunately, because they might say, you know, I'll just roll the dice and I'll be able yeah. to go forward with these revenge porn ransom sites, making money along the way. What's the worst case scenario? At some point I'll get my hand slapped, I'll be told to stop, and then I'll stop and I'll do something else. But meanwhile, mm. I'll make money and maybe I won't even get caught. So uh, I turn it back over to you, Jonathan, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yes, I think it's a fascinating case. And I guess from a non-U.S. lawyer's perspective, how does the Federal Trade Commission get the jurisdiction, if you like, to, to challenge him? Because presumably he would say, I guess, if it had been contested, well, this is a fairly fair trade. I'm, is he being deceptive, do you think, by, I mean, presumably that's what they rely on, do they? The fact that he promised in his second site to be a good guy who could clean up people's online images, but in fact he was the bad guy at the same time. Is that, is that how they get their action against him? I think that's the crux of it, yes. And, and that seems to me to be quite an, in, an intriguing way of behaving, really. I'm not sure that the UK authorities would a, approach it the same way. I know that there was a broadly similar modus operandi in the UK uh, against solicitors, not the same sort of distasteful content as, uh, as revenge porn, but there was a site which claimed to review solicitors, but it um, was a sort of, uh, a, a, you know, a central meeting place for the disgruntled and disaffected rather than people who necessarily had a genuine grievance. And the person who ran that site offered to remove people from the site, provided that they paid his, quote, administration costs. Now, that case ended with the Law Society, our sort of professional representative body, taking action against the uh, owner of the site. And uh, that was a, a civil court injunction, and that, that, that's what got it removed. I guess that's always... Uh, a possibility and I know that one law firm have put together a sort of an institute to try and empower the victims of cyber uh, porn uh, or revenge porn and uh, and bring civil proceedings through the courts and I think they have one ongoing at the moment but it's it's interesting isn't it that the FTC have got involved and I sort of agree with you really that if he's been made to do something he um, was doing, but without any other penalty. Is that punishment enough? Possibly a civil action will follow using the information that the FTC had gathered. But the difficulty you see with 
a lot of this content is sometimes the determined evildoers are uh, a step ahead and they mirror the content onto other servers, they move jurisdictions, and they just repeat their ugly business again. What's proposed in the UK today for some sort, some sort of hate and other crimes is that we have what's called, uh, being called anyway today, a, a cyber ASBO. So we have these orders that can be made against people who uh, have engaged in criminal conduct that they stop doing it. So, for example, if they harass a former partner, they can be told not to go near her house and not to harass her again. And a parliamentary group has looked at the possibility of cyber asbos for people who behave badly on social media. Can you withdraw from them the right to engage online for a period of time? Or say to them, you know, you can engage on Twitter and Facebook and online, but all of the pictures that you post must be fully clothed or some order like that with criminal sanction. And I think it's an interesting area. I think it's definitely one with real problems. Um, I know I've talked about it before, about the NSPCC campaign, for example, to protect children, that uh, the this is often the prelude to some wider issues and there is undoubtedly a link between those who've been duped into sending naked pictures of themselves and later committing suicide as a result and not being able to control it and even using applications like snapchat doesn't stop the problem because obviously people can photograph the image from another phone and replicate it and so on i think it's a big problem i think the ftc's uh, activities probably to be welcomed i guess eric but I think you're right, it, it'll probably have to be part of a package of me measures to stop this happening on the Internet. Very good points. That's, that's very good points. And I, unfortunately, it's true, the evildoers in many of these technological contexts are at least one step ahead, which keeps government prosecutors and agencies and civil lawyers uh, in business. And knowing that, uh, in this particular realm, you know, I hate to say it, but people have to be very careful about you know who they share uh, recorded images of themselves uh, unclothed. And uh, people probably should be thinking about you know in their relationships, you know, if I have this photo taken now or if this video is recorded, what happens later if I'm no longer with this person? Because many yeah. relationships are not many relationships are not built to last, and the aftermath might not be what the person originally intended. So that being said, this has been your Tech Law 137. Uh, we welcome your comments in terms of future topics, and we thank you for providing those that you have. I'm Eric Sinrod at ejsinrod at duanemorris.com. You can find us online at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, the usual uh, outlets, uh, fully clothed, of course. Of course, but Jonathan, why don't you wrap it up? Yeah, I'm uh, uh, Jonathan.Armstrong at CaudryCompliance.com or at uh, ArmstrongJP on Twitter. Maybe I'll just say, Eric, that I think you covered that topic in a much more erudite fashion than the uh, latest Cameron Diaz film, which I tried to watch on the plane back from the U.S. and just couldn't oh, afford right. it at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take your podcast, I'm afraid, over Cameron <laughs> Diaz any day on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you, 
you won't hear me say that too often. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so, so well covered, Eric. I think it's a thought-provoking topic, as ever. Connect with us via any social media and uh, give us your views, um, particularly if you're in the pro Cameron Diaz lobby. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you next week. Meantime, all that remains is to thank you for listening. Bye now. And just re- and remember, it's all in the cloud. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, 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 uh,